six minutes after the hour, and this is the beginning of the Around the House program. Good to have you with us here on the show. We'll be here a couple hours talking about that special place that you and I call home. And uh, we'd love it if you get involved with the program early and often. If you want, 719-473-1240 is our telephone number. I'm Ken Moon, and we've been doing this now in my 31st year doing the Saturday Around the House uh, program. Thanks to you and our great advertisers. We have a guest today in the uh, second hour. We, a friend of mine named John Day, who's a local contractor, who's a home builder, and he's done a lot of, uh, you know, sub uh, 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 remodeling, and uh, he does decks and basements, and even builds houses, and does a little bit of everything. He's been around a long, kind of like me, been around a long time, and I want to talk to John about how avoiding uh, how to get ripped off. Uh, that's a big topic. Uh, I get a lot of calls over the years of folks who just pay too much to have a contractor come and do something at their ha- at your house. So we'll talk to John about that. He's going to have a lot of tips for us, and, uh, and w- it'll be an interesting uh, conversation. A friend of mine got a water heater six months ago and paid 4000 bucks for a lousy water heater. Those kinds of stories. I just hate them, and so maybe I can... Uh, between myself and John, we can kind of help you avoid some of that. Let's see here. Here's a uh, Gail sent me this. Uh, my fr- a friend named Gail sent me this. Uh, these this list, which is kind of cute. I think you'd probably get a kick out of this. The title is "Many Thanks." As we progress into the new year, I want to thank all of you for your educational emails over the past year. I'm totally screwed up now and have little chance of recovery. For instance. I can no longer open a bathroom door without using a paper towel nor let the waitress put lemon in my ice water without worrying about the bacteria on the lemon peel. I can't sit down in a hotel bedspread because I can only imagine what has happened on it since it was last last washed. I have trouble shaking hands with someone who's been driving because the number one pastime I'm told while driving is picking one's nose. Eating a little snack sends me on a guilt trip. Because I can only imagine how many gallons of trans fats I have consumed over the years. There's, there's another. There's a bunch more of these that are. They're kind of, some of them are, are kind of cute. If I can open the page here, here we go. I can't touch any woman's handbag for fear she has placed it on the floor of a public toilet. Ooh, is that what they do with with handbags? Oh my gosh. I must send my special thanks for the email about rat poop and the glue on envelopes because I now have to use a wet sponge every time I mail something. I can't use cancer-causing deodorants, even though I smell like a water buffalo on a hot day. Uh, let's see. Uh, because of your concern, I no longer drink Coke because it can remove toilet stains. or uh, That's kind of an old wives' tale kind of thing. I no longer buy fuel without taking someone along to watch the car so a serial killer doesn't crawl in the back seat when I'm filling up. Right, I can no longer use cling wrap in the microwave because it causes seven different kinds of cancers. And thanks for letting me know I can't boil a cup of water in the microwave anymore because it will blow up in my face, disfiguring me for life. That is a true thing. We, we I don't think I've talked about that for a while. Thanks to you, I can't use anyone's toilet but mine because a big black snake could be lurking under the seat and crawl out. And then there's all those urban legends about little baby alligators and snakes in the sewer system, right? And thanks to your great advice, I can't ever pick up a quarter dropped in the car part in the car parking lot because it's probably placed there by a sex molester waiting to jump on me as I bend over. Uh, and finally, 
I have to now keep my toothbrush in the living room because I was told by email that water splashes over six feet when I flush the toilet. So there's thanks a lot. That's called yeah that microwave thing. That is true. There's a there's a phenomenon. Are you aware of this, Chris? That you boil water like in a a Pyrex cup, and because of the surface tension of water. Uh, there can be a little bit of a kind of a microscopic film on top of the water that when you disturb it can pop and uh, blow bubbles and boiling water all over the place. So if you if you if you put up say one, a one cup measuring in a, a full of water in the microwave, when you open the microwave if it's been boiling, turn your head to the side and then grab it that way. It's, it is a good idea because that is it's not very common. But I met a lady once. I did a home inspection. For her that uh, had uh, some real scarring issues on her face from that very it was a cup of soup I think in her case but it is a problem so that that was one of the truisms I guess but that list is is kind of is kind of cute I got a thing in the mail this week 719-473-1240 is our phone number by the way <clears throat> this is from the American Water Resources of Colorado Company from Naperville, Illinois. Now, why they you know call themselves Colorado when they're from Illinois? Yeah, you get the idea. But anyway, it's a homeowner water line protection program offering me protection at my house for what does it cost now? Three forty nine a month, up to ten thousand dollars per occurrence, including five thousand dollars for uh, sidewalk and curb and gutter repair that kind of thing 349 a month and you know 349 is not a lot of money uh what is that about 40 bucks a year or something like that uh and so these come in in my mailbox and probably in yours oh every few months i guess and uh, people email me and ask about is this worth it and uh, you know it's 349 is not a lot of money but the, the the point is this is a very very rare occurrence that water lines have any kind of an underground problem where they need to be repaired does it happen yeah i guess it happens but if you want to play the odds uh, i play the odds and i would encourage you to do it uh also i, I just don't think this is a very a good deal i'd have nothing against the american water resources people god bless them in their pursuit of, of getting people to sign up for this i suppose you know if you can get several million people across the country uh to sign on for this that's that's good cash flow and they have to pay claims once in a while and you get the idea and all that so i would save my money my insurance money for things that are more likely like if uh, sewer line insurance would be a much more uh, i'd be much more willing to sign up for sewer line insurance because sewer lines do clog up and have problems and need to be repaired much more often than water lines why is that well because water lines uh, by code have to be one continuous piece of pipe all the way in from the water main into the house. You can't have any joints or connections in that pipe. <clears throat> for for decades, it was uh, what we call soft copper, just a three-quarter inch line of copper uh, underground. It has to be, I think the code is four feet or more underground to avoid freezing. So one continuous line, so there's really nothing that can go wrong with a water line. Uh, now we use what is known as PEX pipe, which is a plastic pipe usually it's a blue color because of you know you get it you know get it water you know blue and all that anyway so there's not a real big risk here that water lines will break down and need to be repaired sewer lines yes and some of you have homeowners insurance 
that includes some sewer line coverage with a big deductible, and you can check with your homeowner's insurance and see if they provide that. But I, I don't know if you got one of these. This, maybe this is a mass mailing kind of thing, I suppose. Uh, but uh, three forty nine a month, as I say, is not a lot of money. But uh, you know, it adds up. Uh, three forty nine here and there and here and there, and it, you pretty soon your monthly tab gets a little out of hand. I'd rather spend it on something else, like a I don't know subscription to some TV channel that I enjoy watching. Like uh, I've gotten into Paramount Plus lately, Chris, because they have all every Frasier episode on there, and a lot of good movies. They carry CBS, so they have the Super Bowl on and stuff. So. Uh, I like Paramount Plus, and it's it's five bucks a month, I think something like that. If you want to get rid of the ads, I think it's eleven ninety nine. But uh, anyway, I enjoy Paramount Plus and Netflix and Peacock, so I'm getting them lined up. And there's a lot of programming that I enjoy. I've kind of gotten. Did I tell you, Chris? I've cut the cord on on my uh, kind of mainstream TV. I get what I need local, like KRDO off the air which is a great signal, by the way. But I got rid of cable because it was kind of expensive. How, you, you, you still have cable at home? Yes. Yeah. Oh, actually, I got DirecTV. DirecTV. Yeah. What, are you paying, uh, is it a couple hundred a month or not that much? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you use it, I would. I just wasn't using it, so I didn't think I was spending. Now, my, but I that's was, the current trend these days is as more of the younger um, audience is going more towards the streaming, various streaming services. Yeah. I wouldn't qualify under the younger thing. I, thank you for not saying that. But anyway, uh, no, I I just wasn't watching that much TV. And if I want, uh, you know, like Bronco games, I can get off directly off the air. The digital signals off of Cheyenne Mountain are really good. And um, so I bought a $20 antenna. You know, looks like a big uh, square uh, plate. You know you know what I'm saying? Like a you can hang it on the wall or something. But I, I, I get good TV, local TV that way. Anyway. So um, yeah, that three forty nine could go towards a subscription to some streaming service. I guess that is the trend, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Like podcasting in our business is a trend, right? Not and to the paid level yet. You're not not paid, not yet, right? No. That, yeah, I get it. Anyway, seven. We're not going to do that. Oh. What's that? I'm sorry. We're not going to do that. No, no, I know, I know. Thank, thankfully, you can get around the house podcast for free. Go to my website aroundthehouse.com and click on listen to podcast, or go to the krdo.com site and a lot of people do that and a lot of people download them and we're grateful for that 719-473-1240 time for a quick break we'll be back right after this don't forget we have a contractor john day in the uh, second hour we'll talk about how to avoid getting ripped off here's a google review off uh, for three amigos plumbing tina says the company's fantastic i cannot speak more highly of them they were punctual honest professional they came out for an estimate but were able to diagnose and offer to fix the issue same day since we had some time, Ken Moon referred them to me, and I'm so glad he did. Well, I am glad I did, too, Tina. Thank you for that great review. Three Amigos Plumbing, a fun name for a seriously professional a bunch of plumbers that I really like these guys. Veterans, locally owned. It's a great company. If you're tired of getting estimates and then the, the sticker shock when you get the bill, that won't happen with Three Amigos. They want you as a long-term customers. No sticker shock. When you call Three Amigos Plumbing, 719-597-6763. Best prices in town on Bradford White or Ream water heaters and cleaning sewer lines is their specialty. They'll do a free TV camera look at your line if you have them clean it. Give them a call, Three Amigos Plumbing. You can't do better, 719-597-6763. 
from your faucet to your furnace and everywhere in between. Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. 21 minutes after the hour on the Around the House uh, program. Good to have you with us. We'd love it if you check in with us. We have a live email. Uh, at a uh, see it right here in the studio at aroundthehouse.com. If you click uh, on that, that's uh, my website, aroundthehouse.com. You click on the second icon from the left or button from the left. I'll see it right here in the, the studio. Uh, Chris, I signed up for Microsoft Copilot this week, which is an AI site. Are you familiar with it? Uh, Not you, much. Okay. It's an AI site. It didn't take much to sign up for it. Uh, uh, no big deal. I had to log in with my little password and stuff. But it's an AI site. It's really kind of interesting. You just ask them any question you uh, you want, and they uh, almost instantly you get an answer. I kind of tested it a little bit, asked about some weird uh, off-the-wall questions about my hometown where I grew up, those kinds of things. And it's it's really pretty interesting, some stock market questions and so on. So that's that's just a tip, a tiny tip of the iceberg of artificial intelligence. But uh, it's much more, uh, how shall I say, complete than Google. It's like talking to a person, and they respond in uh, with prose, you know, sentence after sentence. Whereas Google, you just get a, you know, one or two word answer, that kind of thing. So anyway, that's uh, a friend of mine got me on Microsoft Copilot. There's a bunch of other a chat. Uh, one's called Chat. GP or something like that. There's a bunch of them out there. We're just seeing the beginning of AI, aren't we? For sure. Yeah. It's going to affect virtually every business. And I understand, I mean, from what I read is that millions of jobs uh, in the next 10 years will be uh, replaced by AI and uh, uh, or eliminated. A lot of jobs that uh, are with us today won't even exist in a few years. So it's scary to think about it's scary to think about what AI might uh, be programmed to do. A lot of mischief is possible, I suppose. Uh, but the, from what I've seen as a as very, very infant or novice kind of user, it's pretty handy if you want to know stuff. And I can see how I can see that one of the concerns of school teachers, law school folks, and all that is that uh, we can uh, AI can write papers for you and. Um, uh, you know, letters and that that kind of thing. So I'm not sure that's all good. But uh, from my standpoint, trying to look things up, like for this program or wanting to know about what's going on in, in the economy, it's pretty sharp, pretty neat. So it's called Copilot. I don't even think you need a Microsoft account. You just go in and download the app uh, is, uh, is what I did. So anyhow, just thought I'd share that with you. 719-473-1240. I have an email here from... Um, Gary, what's the rationale for replacing smoke detectors when they get older? Well, uh, they get less, it's like all of us, right? I guess they get less sensitive with age. It happens to us men, that's for sure. <laughs> no matter how serious you are about air quality, and everybody likes clean air in their houses. You don't like dust particles, so you have a nice furnace filter, and maybe a lot of you have HEPA air filters and those kinds of things. So there are little microscopic and visible dust motes, M-O-T-E is a good word, a little particles of dust in the air. Spiders deposit, you know, cobwebs here and there. 
Uh, and eventually those things get inside your smoke detector. I mean, not that the smoke detector's sucking in air, but it, they just settle into the innards of the smoke detector over many years. So the manufacturers decided that every 10 years is a good time, kind of a good benchmark to replace your smoke detector. So they just get full of stuff. Now, you, granted, if you wanted to, uh, as regular routine maintenance, you could get a soft furniture brush and and uh, gently a- apply that on the end of a shop vac or a vacuum cleaner to your smoke detector to suck out some of that material. But uh, anyway, 10 years is kind of the recommendation here. Uh, many of them have an ionization component. It's a little radioactive particle uh, that uh, emits tiny, tiny alpha particles that a sensor senses, and when the smoke gets in the way, the detector goes off. Well, that radioactive source can get weaker over the years. You get the idea. They just wear out and age, uh, and uh, they need to be replaced. So 10 years is kind of the recommendation here. Seven years, by the way, for carbon monoxide uh, detectors. Many smoke detectors, if you uh, get on your stepladder and, and you just turn them counterclockwise, and they'll you can release them from their their mounting bracket uh, you, there's a date somewhere on them either on usually on the outside of the smoke detector and more modern ones but you may have to turn it over in an older one and look for a date if you don't know the date and you've been in your house for 10 years or more i just go ahead and replace it one clue of course is the smoke detector turns yellow if your smoke detector is, is the plastic is yellow because it used to be white so that means it's really old more than 10 years you need to replace that so look out look for a date but the discoloration uh is a is a clue that you need to replace your smoke detectors uh, sooner rather than uh than later uh if you have a smoke detector wired into your house uh system your electrical system which they we started putting these in oh gosh i think in the i guess the mid uh mid 70s as i remember and They've been wired ever since. Uh, houses that were older than when they first were required by the codes, of course, we use battery-powered detectors. But if yours is wired into the house system, don't even think about replacing it with a battery. That's not uh, its not allowed by the code. And if you don't have a, a, a battery detector, then you miss that a, a benefit of having all the detectors go off if one goes off. So they're all connected together in kind of a loop. So make sure if you have an electrical smoke detector tied into your house electrical system, you replace like for like. I see a lot of this when I do home inspecting where I have a suspicion that maybe they have done that. So I'll untether the smoke detector from the bracket. And sure enough, there's a bunch of wires up there, but I'm holding it in my hand and it has a battery in it. So you don't want to do that because you missed better protection. Now, if you don't have smoke detector wiring because your house is built, uh, you know, in the early 70s or or earlier, that's okay. Smoke detectors that are powered by battery only are approved by Underwriters Laboratory and, and the American AGA, American Gas Association, all those folks. But if you have electrical ones that are tied into the house current, replace like for like. And my recommendation, and I've said this on the show several times in the past, I like the dual technology smoke detectors these are the kind that have that little ionization thing i just talked about they also have a photocell so they detect smoldering fires which are the most dangerous so look for dual sensor smoke detectors 
to replace the ones you have now. Now, uh, the dual sensor ones for sure. The most important location for smoke detectors uh, by far is uh, around the stairway, around the, the hallway that serves the bedrooms, wherever the you would want to escape from a burning room and you get out in the hallway and go down the stairs, those areas are the are the most important to be protected. Now we require smoke detectors in all the bedrooms, but in most cases, if there's a fire in your bedroom, you're aware of that, unless somebody, you know, falls, the old thing about falling asleep in an easy chair with a cigarette, that kind of thing, that's pretty pretty rare. But that is a smoldering fire, and they smoldering fires kill more than, than flash-type fires. So you want a dual... De- uh, detector, a dual sensor detector in your hallway, and smoke detectors uh, of, of the standard kind, if you if you will, in all the bedrooms. You want at least one on each level of your house, regardless of whether there's a bedroom or a furnace or anything. You want to protect each level of the house. So 10 years on smoke detectors, they just get old. They get less sensitive with age. So you want to replace them. And again, seven years on uh, carbon monoxide detectors. And most uh, carbon monoxide detectors, by the way, have a built-in computer. So when you buy it, take it home, plug it in, the computer starts. And after seven years-ish, give or take, uh, the thing will um, the thing will alarm and with a different sounding beep so you know it's the it's the battery. So that's, that's or, I mean, I'm sorry, it's the age of the detector, seven years. So that's kind of the primer on smoke detectors. Thanks for that uh, question, Gary. Time for a break. We'll be right back. After this, 719-473-1240, right here on Around the House. Stick around. I'm going to talk to you about Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. My loyal sponsor is here on Google. This is from Robert. Scott came out and replaced the bottom panel of my garage door. He seemed very knowledgeable and did a fantastic job. He had me check the work and operation of the door after he finished. He also exhibited great customer service skills. Thank you, Robert. That's for Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. Your go-to folks, the most famous name in garage doors, they have a showroom in 1847 South Murray, and they want me to tell you that garage doors don't have to look boring anymore. They have some wonderful wood grain impression plank doors at the Wayne Dalton store, and they are on sale, 150 off a double, 75 off a single. With cold weather coming, you want an insulated Wayne Dalton door at your place. So stop in. They'll make your house look younger than its actual age. And these are great folks to get to know. Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, 1847 South Murray. Or call 719-382-9227. That's 719-382-9227. I'll bet you'll send me a review after Wayne Dalton's been at your house. 719-382-9227. From your roof to your foundation and everywhere in between, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Well, now, welcome back to the show. At uh, the uh, second hour, beginning of the second hour, we have a contractor, a local contractor, friend of mine named John Day, who's been around a long time, built houses and done a lot of remodeling and contract work. And uh, we're going to talk about how to avoid getting ripped off i've got an email that's a timely email that i'll read john right off the the bat about somebody wanting to know how about how who, how to pick a contractor and he found one that wanted a lot of money up front we'll talk about that kind of stuff uh and i i want to make sure that when you listen to the show that uh if you have a price from somebody on a on a water heater on any kind of uh, issues around you know new electrical panel or whatever give me a call because i can save you money and i don't want to see you get ripped off especially 
you ladies who are live by yourselves, uh, and I see this very often. People take advantage of of ladies that live by, you know, or single gals or maybe widows or something that are by themselves. And that to me is the lowest of low class that people will take advantage of a woman by herself. So you want to deal with reputable folks. And so we're going to help you do that and how to pick them out uh, in the second hour. Kent says, I noticed a couple of friends who have towels under their front door to keep out the cold air. Aren't door bottoms adjustable well most door bottoms are it depends on the manufacturer of the door if you open your front door look down there at the threshold and there might be hopefully like four big fat phillips screws down there on on the threshold and those are the adjustment screws that you turn one way or the other to raise or lower the threshold and if you have that you're in luck because generally as the as they get stomped on, people coming and going from your house, of course, they get stepped on and they get squished down and so they get out of adjustment. So if you close your front door and get down on your hands and knees and the, the way we look at the weatherproofness, if that's a, a, a compound word, of a door, looking for daylight underneath. So if you look down there and squint under your front door, if you see daylight, then you want to close that up because that's where snow and dust and come in and cold air and heat heat uh, escapes through that through that gap so you can see which of the four screws you want to raise which you want to lower that kind of thing uh and uh you just do a, a, a if, if there's a constant uh daylight strip there that you see that looks even all the way across then all the screws need to be uh turned now the screws uh, counterclockwise will raise the screws like you're unscrewing something and clockwise is just the just the opposite. So by carefully adjusting these a little bit at a time, you you can get the uh, the gap out of the uh, uh, get the daylight gap closed up. Uh, having said all that, and that, by the way, there's weather stripping around the other three sides of the door. You want to make sure that you, you can do the uh, the cold air test, close the door and lock it, and then feel with your hand if there's uh, extra air coming in certain places. You might need new weather stripping, and you can get that. Uh, relatively uh, cheap, cheaply at the home center or hardware store. You can replace that. There's several kinds of weather stripping you could have around the front door. But listen, I'm a big fan of storm doors, security doors that create a little airlock when they're closed. So when the front door is closed and you close the storm door, that's a good way to keep cold air, not to mention dust and snow, out of your house. So uh, it's it's fine. Uh, if if you if you adjust your threshold and new weather stripping and so on, but I would take a look, Gary, at getting a, 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 a oh, this is Kent by the way. I'm sorry, Kent. I would take a look at getting a a storm door. You can also incorporate steel bars in the storm door, as I have in my house. So it become when it's open in the summer and the, you take the glass out, so it's screen only. That uh, it creates a nice security door that you can leave open uh, during the day. So. The storm door, combination storm, screen door, uh, and security door is a good deal. And again, it creates that airlock, and for sure you can keep the weather out of your house. But that's a good question. I appreciate your checking that uh, for us. We have a call? Diana. Diana. Okay, Diana, let's get you on Hi. the air right now. Hi. Uh, good afternoon. How are you? Ken, 
I just look forward to your show every Saturday. I, I, I don't I don't even want to make plans because I don't want to oh, miss your show. Bless your I heart. I sit in the car. Sometimes take I something out of petty cash, Diana. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I I just go out of places I visit. I say, nope, it's time for Ken Moon. I'm going to oh. my car and I'm going to listen to the show because I always learn so much. Thank you. That's Anybody, very nice. Uh, Thank you. I've been ripped off pretty badly. I gave a guy, I listened to his sob story and gave him $5,000 cash. He told me, oh, could you please help me? I want to go fishing with my boys, and I promise I'll come back and finish your work. Well, he never did. I never heard from him again. Oh, boy. The building department, and they said he's been out of business for a while, so he took my $5,000, and I'm the widow, and I don't have, you know, it takes a while to save that up again. What kind of work was he going to do, Diana? Well, he put, he's transferred my door my service door that goes to the garage right. it was like in a funny place where you couldn't have like a wraparound kitchen it was just like weird it was in one corner so i had to move it to the other end where i could have a wraparound kitchen yeah so he put the door in but never finished it there's a big hole all around it so i had to go just ripping insulation out and just filling the hole because otherwise all the cold from the garage would pour right into my house yeah. so i yeah. had to fix that then he just left huge holes in my ceiling. He never came back and finished the drywall. And then he put a window in and cut out the drywall around it and never came back and put that piece of drywall back. So he left me in a nightmare. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just that's the times we live in. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I, that's, yeah, like you say, a sob story, I guess. And um, yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in the second hour. I hope you can hope you can listen. Don't you know I'm going to do your work, and you never did do the work. He lied, just looked right, looked me right in the eye, and lied and never did the work. So here I am, and you know I don't know who to call now. I'm skeptical of calling anybody, like especially these handymen out of the Gazette. I I'm not I'm afraid to call them. Well, the guy that I'm having in the second hour, I vouch for. He's a friend of mine, known him for a long time. So we'll give his business name out and and his phone number and um so if you I hope you'll listen in the in the second hour yeah i, I listen it happened to me you're not uh, don't what are they, what's the old joke about don't feel like the lone ranger you know you're you're not alone in this i had a guy in say 2000 I think 2016 totally built uh the deck in, in back of my house it did a great job i went down to lowe's and bought the material and he hauled it up and put the deck in i paid him i don't know two two thousand twenty five hundred bucks for labor only but he did a great job and then i needed a couple of fence gates uh put in and um uh, he took 400 bucks from me to go buy the material for the fencing because i by now trusted him haven't seen heidner hair of him since and that was what is that eight years ago or something like that and um i think the guy was i did a little little background check after the fact you know kind of asking about him I think he was kind of a drunk, a drunk, and uh, you know the money just went down, down his gullet, as they say. I guess I, you know, yeah, down his throat. Yeah, that's it's quite a drunk, a four hundred dollar drunk. Yeah, I know. But the thing, the thing is, Diana, what always gets me about these guys is that that if they would do it honestly, they could make just as much money and sleep better at night. Of course, they probably sleep okay anyway. But You're right. it's, it's the old they thing. Have no There's an old joke, and I don't know if it's a joke, but uh, sometimes people just have to do things dishonestly to stay in practice when working honestly would work out better for them anyway. So sounds like you ran into one of those guys. So Yeah, I ran into another one. I had a guy from the Gazette, a handyman. Oh, I can fix anything. 40 years experience. So I call him up. He comes over and he does the gate. 
my big 12 foot wide you know, uh-huh. gate uh-huh. does a really bad job. I mean, it was not to use the old wood. He was supposed to use new wood. Oh, he used boy. The old wood that was all blown to pieces from the storm. He just kind of put it all back together and a few new boards here and there. It was a lousy job. And I just told him, I don't want to continue with you. So the agreement was he was going to do the gate for 400. So he follows me to my bank and then he says, you know, comes up to my window. Oh, I've got to have 700 right now. And he like corners me and I'm afraid of him. He knows where I live. He knows I'm a widow. I live alone. Yeah. So he swindled me into $700 and I, you know, I'm, I'm just sick about that. He just uh, frightened me because he like, you know, threatened me more or less. Was he uh, advertising in the Gazette? Uh, yes. Yes. Well, did you call the Gazette and tell him your story? Yes, I called up and she said, oh, yeah, he's advertised with us for quite some time. Oh, I'm very surprised. He, We've had no complaints. I said, well, you've got one now. Uh, very he surprised. Uh, me. Yeah, he took okay. $700 for me and followed me to my bank. Oh, yeah. So well, I can understand. Well, you know, as a lady, a uh, woman by herself, you'd feel intimidated by that. That's that's a sad story. But uh, be sure to listen to second hour, Diana, and I think you'll – You'll uh, like what you hear. This, uh, John's a, a good guy, and and uh, you can take down his number, give him a call. I think he can wrap up that job for you, and I'm sorry you got taken advantage of, but I'm so delighted, and thank you for your kind words that you listen to the program. That's really neat. I so. do. I listen, and I, I love your humor. I love that thing you read. I was, like, relating to the whole thing. <laughs> uh, I, I'm afraid well, to sit on the toilet as well. <laughs> let me ask you something. Do, do women... When you go into a stall, I'm getting uh, kind of personal here, but you have a handbag. All women have handbags. Uh, so do they usually give you hooks to hang them on, or you have to put them on the floor? Well, it depends on the bathroom. Some places the hook has been ripped off because the women's purses are so heavy, the hook is broken. <laughs> so you're looking around, and where do you put it? So you try and shove it in the corner without, you know, stuff on the floor more or less. Oh, God, no, I think this could be the creeps. Paper down and set your purse on the toilet paper. I mean, you got to set it somewhere. No, I, I understand. I understand. Yeah, so, I mean, you're you're lucky if you have a hook, yes, but a lot of them are pulled out. You just have two screw holes there because I've never bothered to replace the hook. Oh, my. Okay, I that get it. So time. let me recommend you get a little tiny can of Lysol. <laughs> when you get out of the stall, spray the bottom of your handbag in that case. Well, anyway, I, I, I like that list, too. That was cool. I, I really enjoyed that. Hey, that thank you so for funny. your call and, and your kind words again. You have a good one, and please listen. Uh, in uh, 20 minutes, John will be here, okay? I will. You're All the right. best, Ken. Thank you, you very much, best. Diana. You have a good one. Appreciate it. 719-473-1240. And we'll be back with your phone calls and some more of this great email from this week right after this on Around the House. Here's a commercial for Dutch's Home Improvement. Paul says, they replaced all my windows in my house with Anlin top-of-the-line windows. I even checked all the windows to see if there's any gaps. None anywhere. Windows fit perfectly. Everyone here treats you like family. And I love that they care about you, talking about Dutch's Home Improvement. Thank you for that testimony. And you'll send me one also. Dutch's is your go-to company for siding, windows, patio covers, doors, anything on the exterior of your house. They've been around over 30 years. They have a great reputation. So give them a call, 719-392-1369. And I recommend this company because of Gary's commitment to customer service. They carry the best window lines, Anlin and Amerimax and others. So get some energy-efficient windows. Throw out those old steel, wood, or aluminum windows from 
Years gone by, get some new energy-efficient windows and siding from Dutch's Home Improvement. Give them a call, 719-392-1369, Need help with your next home project? Back to Around the House with Ken Moon. Give them a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back to the program. It's eight minutes before the hour on the Around the House program. Don't forget our number two local contractor, John Day, will talk to us about ripoffs and how to avoid them. And uh, and we just had a great call from Diana that I'm going to share uh, with him. And I think I've got, what did I do with that email? I'm looking here. I know it's, I saw it in my list here. Um, anyway, I'll find it here in a minute. Somebody who had an estimate that he wanted me to, give him an opinion on so we'll do that da, 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 da. Oh, i wanted to talk to you about is your garage refrigerator doing okay remember that light bulb trick that we talked about uh that you want to put a, a a low wattage light bulb in the refrigerator side the fresh food side of your garage refrigerator i hope you've done that because it stabilizes the temperature in the freezer compartment i was i i checked mine about oh i don't know once a week or something I have a little analog dial type uh, thermometer in my uh, the freezer side, and uh, it stays right on zero, which I just love. And so uh, I have a, I think it's a, a an old CFL light bulb on, with a bracket uh, in my uh, refrigerator on the fresh food side because that's the side where the thermostat is that determines where the compressor go, comes on and off. So um, if you haven't done that. Uh, I want you to do that so it'll it'll really make sure everything is chip shape in your garage fridge. Otherwise, as it gets colder in there, then the food in the freezer will start to uh, thaw out a little bit uh, because the f- compressor doesn't run that often. But with a light bulb in that fresh food side, you get a, a, a little extra heat, and uh, that way the uh, compressor cycles on and off and everything is fine in the summer of course just turn it off i got an old you know one of, the, one of those kind of top hat looking those those reflector type clamp on lights workbench lights you see like at lowe's and places like that uh, i got one of those and remove the uh, uh the reflector and just have the bracket and the, the you know the the squeeze on a clamp the, to put it on a shelf or something and i just put the light bulb in there i got a 60 watt cfl which i think burns about I don't know, 15 or 20 watts of heat. It's just perfect enough for uh, for my situation. So um, that's 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 kind of that's kind of what I did, and it works very very well. So I recommend that uh, to you highly. 719-473-1240. Uh, a couple more things here before we go. Let's see what do we got here for a time. We got about five or six minutes. Five or six minutes left. So I was hoping uh, that you've done that already. If you haven't, it's easy to do to get that uh, freezer and refrigerator working well in your um, uh, in your garage. 719-473-1240. Uh, here's an email from Sandy. She says, what's your opinion of installing a pet door and a sliding glass door, patio door? I'm not crazy about them. Patio doors are challenging enough from a security standpoint. You know, they're easy to get into. You want to have a bar in yours or some kind of a broom handle or something besides relying just on the lock that came with the door. Um, I, you know, you, uh, the, I think what you're describing, Sandy, is those inserts. You know, the inserts that you get, uh, you can buy them. So the patio door 
closes against the insert and there's a pet door. Now, I don't like that idea. Uh, I just I think the patio door needs to stay as a patio door uh, as it came, as it's engineered, as it was installed. I think the best thing to do is to let your pets in from the garage. Now, there's a downside to that, too. One of the things is, by the way, you don't want other critters coming in your house. If you've got a cat, you know, you don't want other cats coming in the house or little dogs or raccoons or anything else. So I think it's a good idea to have a pet door in the exterior wall of your garage. That's it. Your kitty can come and go, your dog in and out of that, but at least you get to control what other foreigners are in the in the pack, if you will. So I think that's a good idea. Now you could cut a hole from the garage into the house. The problem is there's a firewall there, then that becomes another complication that you want to uh, think about because, again, you're going to have uh, squirrels and other folks perhaps coming in. You know, squirrels are pretty – they're pretty – they're moochers, let's be honest. You know, they like to eat and they always after food and so on. So to control your pet, I'd put the pet door outside in the garage, and that way you have total control of it. If you want to put, you know, a dish of water and some food out there, if, you, if you're gone, at least your pet can get in the garage and warm up and that kind of thing. But putting a, a pet door in a patio door, I just don't like that from a security standpoint. I think you're risking uh, uh, not just critters, but maybe it's easier for burglars to get into uh, to get into your house through the through a patio door with a pet door. Finally, real quick here, Roxanne says, somebody said you had an article about cleaning Whirlpool tubs. How do you do that? I think we may have talked, didn't we talk about this a couple weeks ago, Chris, I think, but I don't mind doing it again. The hoses and the pump and all the parts that you can't see in your Whirlpool tub, uh, if you don't use the tub often enough, they fester and you get particles in there and soap scum and hair and body oils and so on. So you get all this bacteria in there and it, little black particles that are kind of disgusting so you know you want to use that tub once or twice a week anyway but if you haven't used it in a while throw some dishwashing liquid in the tub and run a tub of warm water circulating in that pump and the hoses for 15 minutes or so empty it out and then a tub of clear water and that'll clean all that scour out of everything in that in the hidden parts you can't see uh that would be my recommendation now you can buy if you're going to get a new whirlpool club i think tub I think American Standard makes self-draining versions of this, but the old ones are not self-draining. They get full of stuff you don't want in your house, right? Anyway, 719-473-1240. John Day, a contractor. How to avoid getting ripped off. We'll do that in the second hour. Stick around. We'll be back right after the news right here on Around the House. Six minutes after the hour, hour number two of Around the House. We're glad you're with us. Thanks for sharing your weekend with us here on the program. Doing this um, going on 31 years now. It's been a while, and we, uh, we're so glad you're with us. Thank you for sharing uh, sharing your weekend with us here on the program. Chris Moyer is taking your phone calls. Our producer slash engineer slash do a little bit of a renaissance man. Is that what you are, Chris? Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades. There is a, a better idea. Speaking of trades... We have a guest in the studio. John Day is a friend of mine, known him for a long time, uh, uh, socially and business-wise. He's 
uh, like me, I told you've been around almost as long as me, but the I said no, nobody's been around as long as me, but almost. John was a home builder here for a long time uh, in the area uh, here and in Pueblo, as I remember. And you are, are a contractor slash consultant, right? Definitely a consultant. That's correct. Definitely consultant. Okay. Uh, your business one day limited with John Dale. I like think that's a nice play on words. And John is here. I was we I saw him socially a month or two ago, and I was just relating the story of a friend of mine, a lady friend of mine, who paid four thousand bucks for a. 40-gallon ream water heater, and he rolled his eyes, and I rolled mine, and we started talking about maybe we need to have a conversation on the air about how not to get let that happen to you, kind of. That's why you're here. So it's going to be a fun, a fun hour, or, or however you uh, however you end up long you end up staying. But uh, talk a little bit. Do you hear a lot of these stories? Do you, John? All the time. That's how I got into it. I was uh, retired in '16. And people kept calling and saying, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? And uh, some of the war stories are just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Well, that 4,000 is a eye roller because water heaters, uh, 1,800, 1,600 water heaters, give or take, these days. Yeah, last one I did was 1,800 with all the new plumbing added material. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, heck, if you go to Lowe's, you can buy a water heater in a box for, I don't know, 600 or something, haul it home yourself if you want to. Of course, then the problem is somebody's got to put it in. But you get the idea. We just had a call from a lady, Diana. I hope you call back, Diana, but if you don't, you heard her story. She uh, gave a guy 5000 bucks sob story kind of thing to finish the job. He moved her garage kitchen door sideways but never finished the job. And talk a little bit about giving 5000 bucks to a guy with a sob story. The rule well, of thumb. We see that all the time. In fact, uh, one of my examples is a young lady up on the Mesa that was building a casita, and uh, the total budget was around 400000 She gave the guy 200000 cash up front. Oh, he, my gosh. He framed the property and left. Just framed it? And left. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, wow. that's just one small term, uh, but we see this all the time. Um, the other, you got to have at least two or three bids before you start falling in love with your contractor. And uh, compare things, you know, see if they're all the same, uh, what they're going to do and not going to do, that kind of thing. And uh, that's where people run into trouble. One of the things that I've, John, see what you think is, I've talked about this on the air before. The first contractor gives you a, a, an estimate, particulars. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Here's the contract, and here's the price. I tell people, take that, you know, and thank him, and you know, give me your best price, and I'll get back to you. Take his estimate and Xerox it and white out the, the dollar amounts and give it to the next person and the next person. So you know you're getting exactly the same job. Is that a good idea? Excellent. I do. I tell people you need at least three bids on every yeah. property. But the bids can't be, if they're apples and oranges, that's where things break down and people get confused, right? That's correct. Yeah. That's where I come in. Yeah. I well, you, 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 you were a contractor for a long time, but I've been, I've been looking. I got an email about this very subject I'm trying to look for here. But um, so you're... As a contractor slash coordinator, you kind of organize things, get the right folks on site kind of idea. Yeah, that's my particular uh, interest is make sure we have the right people. And I always do pricing up front. I let the people know what's going on. I uh, take them step by step through the process Yeah. Uh, from permit to finish. If you want to talk to John, uh, give us a call. We'd love to. If you have a horror story or you have an upcoming project you want to talk about, 7194 
73-1240. Let's take an example. Say um, you want to finish the basement. you got a rancher and you want to finish the basement. And um, uh, base, finished basements these days, what are they, 25-ish, 30, give or take? Or Again, it depends on the size. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you're around 30 grand. Yeah, okay. So, so let's say it's a $30,000 job and you finally pick the right contractor so you, you hope, cross your fingers. Um, that, what I've told people on the air, and I love your feedback on this, is you can you can give a little seed capital to get the job mobilized. Maybe they want to haul in a dumpster and they want to get – uh, initial materials uh, in your driveway, uh, a few thousand, maybe on a $30,000 job, but don't over Is there a percentage that would be a good rule of thumb on this kind of thing, or is it just all depend on the job? It depends on the job, but I would always say that uh, you need to give them a small percentage. On a $30,000 deal, I wouldn't give them more than 5000 to start with up front. Okay. It's basically seed money to make sure that the contract, you have to have some money upfront to make sure it's a contract it's almost like the real estate contract it, it solidifies the contract there has to be money exchange, value exchange, exchange. like correct. a down payment kind of idea exactly right? what about the idea when i did this with my deck mainly because the guy had no credit but he was a good uh deck builder he did a nice job i went to lowe's and uh gave him my credit card and bought the material he hauled it to my house is that a good idea john or does it get too complicated like for a basement for instance it gets way too complicated. I mean, you don't really know. You you as a builder may have known what you're dealing with in reference to the lumber that you bought, yeah. but most people have no clue. Okay. And so it's the obligation of the contractor to make sure that he gets the proper material. So you're not giving your credit card, maybe as material for the last job he did to finish up or whatever. Yeah, you just don't know. If we want to use your credit card, you and I are going to the store together. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sim- simple. No, that's a good good rule of thumb. Yeah, and, it, and you put the delivery address on the ticket. That's correct. So the Lowe's people, if they're going to deliver, go to that address, right? But it's kind of – well, I, I guess what I hear between the lines you're saying – if it's a legitimate contractor, they should be able to handle all of that side of it, the material side and the labor together. You don't have to if, play these if they, games. If they don't know that, we shouldn't be hiring them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and if they're lacking cash, if, if they're the ones going to buy the material and they're saying, well, I need this and this uh, to get the material going, that doesn't mean $15,000 on a $30,000 deal. Yeah. That means the guy needs money, and that's not a good sign. How about paying them? I've heard of this this story before. Uh, you give them a little money every Friday so they can pay the guys uh, if he's got a crew or something. Is that a, that's yeah, okay? Yeah, we do. We call it a draw system where okay. they uh, pay so much per month, and uh, we, we set that up up front so they know exactly what's going on. And you have to be at a certain stage of your finished product before you can get the next draw. Yeah, a rule of thumb that I used to use, and I don't even know if you would agree with this or not. Uh, I've done some new home construction draw stuff for for banks uh when when the house is framed up and closed in 33 percent when it's drywalled 66 two-thirds and then the remainder does that sound like a kind of a a good rule benchmark it's it's a rule of thumb when you're dealing with a bank type situation when you're dealing with a a small contractor you probably want to back that number down a little bit okay give me some examples. probably do 20 percent 20 percent 20 percent type thing okay framing and uh, right yeah Yeah. it really just depends on the job yeah. But uh, again, don't get yourself too far ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. This the theory is and this is the way why banks as you know, uh the savings and loan crisis 
revealed a lot of weaknesses in construction loan, and uh, some builders, not many thankfully, were drawing for the carpet when the foundation is barely in, that kind of thing. So that's when inspecting became a big part of, of construction loans. So the point of, of all that is don't let the contractor get ahead of you. You stay ahead of the contractor money-wise. That, that's right? correct. Yeah. And, and a lot of times I tell people, uh, you'll get contractors that will want you to pay uh, supervision and overhead as part of the draw. And I say, well, let's not do that until we get closer to the end. Sure, so. sure. Yeah, I, I guess there's a point at which you'd like the guy, the company, to have a little working capital. If they're so desperate that they need your money on your basement to make their own mortgage payment, you, you're kind of wondering about that. It's, it's, you kind of wonder. Yeah, we call those guys nail pounders. Yeah, and okay. uh, they have no clue how to run a business. Yeah, I mean, they may be good at what they do, framing or whatever that might be, but they don't know how to run a business correctly, and that's where people get in trouble. How do they are these? Do these guys uh, float from town to town? How do they get away with this without being uh, caught? Or they eventually, I guess, do get caught. But how do they get away with this? Well, you see it on TV all the time. Kiara Deal did a big thing on contractors recently, um, but the most people um, in the contracting business. Uh, will go out of business all by themselves when this type of thing happens. It's just it's just a word of, uh, of uh, spreads that this guy's not that good. Yeah, and then he can't find another job. So they, I, they go to the next town. Is that what they do? Or? I don't know where they go. I mean, I'm sure they have to leave here because yeah. they can't get any work because uh, they're not uh, qualified to do the job anymore. The, the old joke was, "We'll we'll do our business by the carnival model. Well, when everybody's on to us, we leave town." <laughs> kind of idea, I guess. Yeah, well, it's too bad. I, I, I have a cute story about that. As okay. you know, I did some stuff in Pueblo as yeah. well as you did. Yeah. And uh, when uh, um, on Highway 50, you'd have to go down Highway 50 and turn left to get on I-25. Right. And we used to tease our contractors that they went down to the I-25, and there's a sign that says Colorado Springs left, and they went home. <laughs> oh, gee. Nice. I like it. <laughs> I like, play on words. I like that. Um, the The... Money thing is is the is the story the the sad part of these stories you hear all the time. You heard Diana's story. Uh, I just overpaying upfront is a recipe because it doesn't end. In other words, if he stays that far ahead of you, um, you the job's just not going to get done, is it? Because because sooner or later you give him all the money, but the job isn't done yet, and so he has no incentive to come. And well, finish. Uh, part of what I do in reference to helping people get through this is that uh, if we have a what I call a nail pounder working on the property, yeah. I'm going to be there to supervise. Yeah. And so we're not going to have drywall hanging off the wall. We're not going to have open holes in the wall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if that guy doesn't want to get that done, then we'll uh, cease to have him around and we'll get somebody to take care of it. So you're... Uh, when you say consultant contractor, you're in a supervisory role as if you were a home builder. In other words, you're not doing the work physically, but you're coordinating and over. You're kind of the umbrella over I'm, the whole. I'm, whole Ken, I'm an old man now. Yeah, I, I know. I, I know. I am, I am too. I just don't admit it. I don't want to get you, there. You don't want to admit but, it. That's, no, we just need to have somebody on site that knows what they're doing. Yeah, that's the bottom line. But it starts with the bidding and the contract, that's and that's correct. that's where the stuff all. All begins. That's why I tell people you got to have at least two or three contract bids. You know, yeah. you, you cannot. And then you see the ads uh, from different people and stuff like that. And uh, maybe somebody that spends a lot of money in advertising is going to be a little higher. Yeah. So you have to compare that as well. Yeah. But you wonder, 
if they have to advertise and don't have word of mouth going for them, that might be a red flag kind of Could thing. be, yeah. Yeah. We're a little late. Let's take a break here, Chris. 719-473-1240. Talking to John Day, uh, his company will give his phone number out here in a minute uh, about getting ripped off or not getting ripped off. We'll be back right after this. Here's a commercial for my buddies over there at Three Amigos Plumbing. Dakota says... In a review, these guys were great, fast, efficient. They don't price gouge or offer unneeded services. Zane says, fast, efficient, cheap. The company's the best plumbing company in southern Colorado. Thank you, Dakota and Zane, for those reviews. Three Amigos Plumbing, this is a bunch of great guys. They're veterans, veteran-owned, local company. And if you want to not get ripped off by a plumber, we've been talking about rip-offs. These guys will give you pricing right up front, no sticker shock, honest upfront pricing because they want you as a long-term customer. So if you have a little drippy faucet you need help with or need a new water heater or a sewer line issue, I want you to call Three Amigos Plumbing, 719-597-6763. They'll give you a free TV camera look at your sewer line if you hire them to clean it. You can't go wrong with these guys. Veteran-owned, local company. These are your go-to folks for plumbing. Three Amigos Plumbing, 719-597-6763. 597-6763. Things break around the house that's why there's the around the house program with ken moon give him a call now at 719-473-1240 that's 719-473-1240 thank you laura it's 23 minutes after the hour we're talking to john day his company's one day uh, limited and uh, right and your phone number is 719-499-1085 499-1085 so he's a contractor former home builder and can keep you from getting ripped off. In the meantime, we've got a quick call here. Jan is on the line. She had some downspout issues, did she, Chris? Jan, you're on the air with Ken Moon around the house. We've got John Day as a guest. What's going on, Jan? Well, I thought it was going to be an easy problem for me to fix on my own when I saw water spouting out of the downspout, um, the plastic pipe that went underground, the corrugated plastic black pipe. So I went and cut that off and had bought um, an elbow, you know, to fit in there, and I thought I could just fix that pipe that way. Well, when I cut it, I found out the whole corrugated pipe was filled with dirt and silt, and there was no way that it was draining into the yard, and um, then after I did some research, I found out this is a lot more complicated than I thought it was going to be, partially because my house is sitting downhill from the front yard, and um, also because uh, the ground is clay. So after doing some research, I'm confused because some people, um, you know, contradicted other people that I watched on YouTube videos and so forth about whether to use corrugated plastic pipe or whether to use PVC. And, of course, it depends on, you know, our ground swells and freezes and that sort of thing where it's different products need to be used for different locations and so forth. So I don't know if that's anything you could help me with, but it's gotten to be a bigger problem than I can handle, the, I think. The corrugated flex pipe usually works. It's it's uh, People use it almost all the time. Uh, PVC, right, John, is more used when there's you can't get very much slope. That's correct. Yeah, so you if, if, if the yard were really flat, Jan, and you could mm-hmm. barely get downhill from your downspout, PVC is better because it's smoother on the inside. The thing is... I, have you tried shoving a hose down that pipe and blowing out, blowing it with water? I mean, it's a bad time of year to do that. You think you well, could blow that a, out? I I called a friend and uh, you know somebody that 
does side work like that, and it was you know it was cold and icy yeah. and so forth, and we couldn't get. So I bought another corrugated pipe, but since then, I, when I looked it up, it said you should get the double sided type that has a smooth inside, which this doesn't. It's you know just corrugated all the way through. Um, but I worry that it won't be deep enough because some places I read about says it has to be a foot to two feet deep. And, of course, I can't dig that out now in the wintertime. No, I, um, I don't think a minimum – we don't worry about minimum depths because that pipe's usually not full of water like a water pipe would be. So I, if you think you can't blow that out and clean that, uh, uh, then I would just lay another one alongside it and just trench it wherever you have to trench it. You agree, John? Yeah. yeah. You, if you're going to use that big plastic pipe, uh, you only need to uh, slope that uh, quarter inch per foot. Uh, you don't have to have it buried in the ground. Well, it, it's like I put added dirt, fill dirt, next to the house so it wouldn't be as much of a slope, but now it's all the way to the wood um, siding, so I can't add any more dirt. And one thing I read said that corrugated plastic is not to take water away it's it's not to take water you know anyway that it doesn't it doesn't work so like i said i keep reading different and oh, I, different it, everybody's use uses that stuff it's just yeah. everywhere yeah you don't know you just don't want to get the kind that has holes in it there's a a version of that perforated that collects water you don't want that but i'm sure you're you have the solid uh the right, solid I, pipe. I bought the solid yeah kind, it, it's but- it's good stuff it works fine it's cheap and gets the job done. I'm impressed that you worry about drainage. This is a big deal. You know, waters are, if you're in a clay area, you said you were, it's a big deal to get the water oh, under control. Oh, that's the other problem. Yeah, I have yeah. clay soil, so it's not going to leak out um, like I want it to. I'm a little concerned it. about the dirt being that close to the siding. You want it f- four to six inches that's correct. between the dirt and the siding so the house can kind of breathe. So be careful uh, with that. But the first thing I would do hearing your story is when the weather warms up, I'd get a water hose in there and try to blow that dirt out of the pipe because it may only be a, a, a small plug. You just can't tell. You get a hose in there and you could just use the existing pipe. Or if you start over, uh, just you know, dig a trench alongside it. So I think you're okay with the, with the, with the corrugated plastic. The point is you're getting the water away from the house. That's the big point. And right. I, if I could, Ken, well, I, I don't know that I wouldn't uh, bring in a, a gutter company to look at that. Maybe so, yeah. yeah. Do you have a good one in mind? Uh, I have quite a few. There's so. a, a company called Interstate Gutters that I've recommended in the past. I don't know if they're still around or not. Yeah, John's recommending maybe a gutter company could come look, and that's a pretty good recommendation because kind of this is their bread and butter. And they're right. not going to charge you to look. Yeah, and, and they might have a recommendation – um, Jan to move the downspout to a better location uh, where there's more slope, that kind of thing. So um, look up Interstate Gutters. I don't know. I've recommended them. I haven't talked to them or talked, checked on them for a long time. That might be a good. Uh, and they, like John said, they won't charge you to take a look. So okay. does that help some? Yes, yes, okay. it does. I appreciate it, and I've been listening to your program off and on and today for the last hour and i heard what john had to say and diane and different people so i think you've got a lot of useful information for those of us that need to try and figure out how to either do things on our own or to hire somebody that's um has integrity (laughs) yes exactly and they're they're around most thankfully most 
companies, uh, contractors have integrity and they're, they try to do the right thing, but there are just enough of the bad apples that, what do they say? They rot rotten the whole barrel, that kind of idea. Yeah, yeah one rotten apple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if you've had any roof uh, work done over the years, if you had it re-roofed or things like that, uh, the roofing companies now are into gutters as well. Right, I am going to have it re-roofed because of, I bet they're just having to wait to get the shingles. They're not being manufactured as quickly as this contractor needs them to is be. this a so, hail claim with the insurance company y- yes yes it is yeah, okay. and i can get new gutters too if i oh, choose okay. to because they were damaged okay I, I would suggest that yeah get all new gutters and downspouts and this and they they'll incorporate all this to uh, in, into your drainage system and you'll have it made do you have you gotten two or three roofers to come in and give you bids no, I, I trust this guy because the guy across the street had recommended him, and he used to work for him for a, a number of years. Okay. So he, he's a he's a upstanding guy. So okay, I, good, good choice, good choice. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Jan, good luck. Thanks for your call. Now, she brings up an excellent point. We need to take a break here, but excellent point. The, uh, you know, I know BBB's out there and Yelp and Yahoo and Google and all those places, uh, Angie's List and so on. Uh, but I t- I've told people for years now on the show, the best referrals are from homeowners just like yourself. Exactly. Right. I had this guy finish my basement. He, he was on time. He cleaned up his mess. He, he did it for what he said he was going to do it for. Do you agree that that's the best referral of all? Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. What do you think of the other BBB and Yahoo and Google and all that? They're okay to check, huh? Yeah, you know... Um, uh- I tell people uh, if they're going to do uh, contract work, also check with the home, uh, Pikes Peak uh, building. Re- Regional building department, sure, sure. Because they have complaints all the time. Yeah. I used to sit on those committees, oh, hour after hour of that, you know, and it's just amazing the horror stories that you hear. But I'm glad those committees are there because they will help ultimately, yeah. Um, take Time for a break, right, Chris? So we're a little late here, so we'll do it right now. 719 719- Four seven three twelve forty. Talking to John Day and about not getting ripped off, and we'll be back right after this on Around the House. I want to talk to you about Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. Josh says in a review, Scott and Mark installed two doors for me, did a great job, quality product. I'd use them again, Wayne Dalton, for any of my garage door needs. Let's see, Tony. Had our garage doors installed today by Noble. He was very professional, knowledgeable, did a great job. A plus 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 for those guys so wayne dalton sales and service their motto is garage doors don't have to look boring you can see some great examples of that in contemporary traditional styles at their showroom 1847 south murray right off of fountain uh, boulevard wood grain impression plank doors and those great genie door side openers so you get rid of all the hardware on your garage ceiling with a, a quiet genie opener they're a gold star dealer for Genie. Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, 150 off a double door, 75 off a single if you mention around the house. The go to guys, the most famous name in garage doors, Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, 1847 South Murray, or 719 382 9227. Fix it videos can be so confusing. Let Ken Moon walk you through it on Around the House. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Thank you, Laura. It's 23 minutes before the hour on the Around the House program. We're talking to John Day. His company name, One Day Limited, 499-1085. Right, That's I got correct. that. Hey, how about good, that? Good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's a consultant slash contractor who will help you not get ripped off if you want to give him, give him a call. I was talking to you off the air of, of horror stories that I hear 
plumbing, heating, and wiring disciplines, but a lot of heating folks, I get, uh, I've been told uh, some of the technicians that come to your house are on spiffs or a little commission. So they have an incentive to sell you a blower you don't need and all that. Uh, and you've heard the stories too. You know, or your heat exchanger's bad. You know, let, let us sell you a six thousand dollar furnace. Those kind of stories. Uh, and you've heard them too, John. And I think the answer is to just use folks that you have heard of and word and of mouth. Trust word, word of, of mouth. mouth. We had one uh, uh, guy came out to clean and told them they had a bad heat exchanger yeah and then they had an uphill battle trying to get someone that would come out and say it wasn't a yeah you can always call the city to break the tie i think will they still do that dollar springs utilities yes okay i heard a story and this has been 15 years or more ago in the denver metro area there was a company running around with a dental pick you know the little thing they pick your teeth with and scratching the inside of heat exchangers look at this look at this look at the kind of idea isn't that Disgusting. You talk about sleazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then they want to sell you a furnace that costs twice what it should cost anyway. And um, is there a call here? We got a call coming in, Chris? Yes, we have Vito here. He's got a question about changing from a, uh electric range to a gas range. So, oh, Joe, Joe Biden is not going to like that, is he? <laughs> Here's that story. Go Put him on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, Vito. go right ahead. Vito, what's going on? Hi. So I'm new here in uh, in Colorado. I bought a house, and to my main has an electrical range. Never had an, an electrical range before. I hate it. I'm not used to it. It doesn't. Yeah. I, I just want to replace it with a uh, a gas range. Vito, yes. Vito um, I just had that done in my own personal house. I uh, very good. Bought, so, bought one, uh, and you got to get a hold of a gas guy to come out, yeah. and uh, uh, he has to run a flex pipe. From the lower level of your property up to where the um, stove's going to be. Sometimes they can do that pretty simply. Sometimes there's some drywall issues. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it seems to be pretty easy because I could go, if I go downstairs into my basement, it seems to me that it's just a straight line to to the wall and then up to the uh, ceiling of, of my kitchen. Is your furnace room c- kind of close to the kitchen? It's just down below. <laughs> oh, good. Well, that's a, uh, ideal, right, John? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. And now they use, as John just said, they use this flex gas line. It's black stuff, and they can bend it around corners, so it's much easier than the old days when they had to use steel pipe. Are you, You're you not from Texas, are you? Where are you from, Vito? Uh, how far back do you want to go? No, I mean, where'd you move here from? And the only reason I, oh, I don't want to, yeah, well, I don't want to. I'm, uh, I'm from New York. I okay. Moved to California. I did my work there and I retired. Again. I don't care which hospital you were born in. I mean, that's not the point. <laughs> but and I'm, I'm asking because over the years, and I know John's heard this too, people from Texas and California are used to gas stoves and dryers and so on and yes. they say when you get used to gas cooking you don't want anything else right i agree uh, I, I, <laughs> absolutely i hate it I, I i'm not used to it it's either gets too hot and uh quickly and it's easy it's hard to control and I, i'm just not used to it i, yeah. I don't like it now the, the thing is what i've heard is that baking with gas is a whole subject on its own that it's kind of hard to get used to that or you obviously you guys are um, I, f- I find gas stoves so much easier than do, electric. D- with baking, too? Everything. Do you? Okay. Yes, I agree. Vito, make sure that you pick up, uh, you know, if you want to take John's phone number, I'm sure he can recommend a contractor to you. You got to get a gas guy that's licensed, and he has to pull a permit for this. 
Okay. Good. That would be great if I could have a phone number, sure. Yeah, you have a pencil? Yes. It's uh, 719. 719. 499. 499. 1085. 1085. 1085. 1085. Very good. Yeah, he'll get you the name of a reliable company. So, yeah, I understand. And if your furnace room is closed, this shouldn't be cost a a fortune, right, John? No. Yeah. Pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. So it's just downstairs. It's just a a straight line and then up towards the wall where my range is, and that's it. Vito, do you have a gas dryer? Yes, I. uh, No. You might want to think about that as well. Yeah, I mean, well, the guy's there is what you're exactly, saying. Yeah, well, the guys, right, gas dryers are so right, much better right. than, a, than right, electric. Right, right, right. Yeah, they are. Right. You and can, then another thing I like to do is I have a so I have a range, I have a, a microwave on top of my range, right? Which is recirculating inside the house, which I don't. I to me that's not very efficient. I want to put a another micro. Oh, actually, I want to replace the microwave with a hood that vents outside. So that's is it on an outside right. wall? Yes. Well, you can get a recirculating kit for the microwave that that you can modify it so it'll blow outdoors. Need to Great. get a heating I'll company do to do that. You got to get a heating company, yeah. To do, uh, John will have a name for you too on on that. But very good. That microwave fan, you can modify it. Uh, yeah, is it a kit, John? I think something just just modify it so it blows outdoors. If it's on an outside wall, that's uh, easy to do. So, yeah. Yes. It's it's an outside wall. So yeah. Obviously, what they need to do is they need to cut a hole, put the ducting, venting yeah. outside. I don't know. I don't understand it. Why they do this? What they do in new homes? They don't put the wall outside, know. and uh, and then the electric seems to me it's not as a. Uh, it's cheaper to have a gas. Than yeah. That's why I'm going with gas. Not only do I like it better, but also I'm used to it, of course. But also, it's cheaper to operate gas. Electricity is. Electric. Is four times more than natural gas, yeah. So, um, yeah, you're on the you're on the okay. right track. You're on the right track. Vito, call me on Monday. Call, yeah, call oh, John. Good, John. Call John on Monday, and he'll put you in touch with a couple of of contractors. That's that's a good call. Um, I think maybe the reason it's cheaper for builders to not vent uh, stoves outdoors. Cheaper, you know, ducting and through the attic and all that. And uh, we're so obsessed with saving energy. That now we, in my opinion, new homes were starving them for air. You can't exactly. t- take a deep breath in a house because they've got everything sealed up. Now we've got to put air to air heat exchangers and all get some air in the house, right? Re- recycle furnaces. Yeah, 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 exa- yeah. Get the furnace so it comes on every ten minutes or whatever right. it does. Right. Yeah. So you know, energy uh, up to a point, saving energy is great until you there's some negative paybacks, right? And you you have to be yeah. And have we covered everything you wanted to talk about today, John? Um, I just want people to be aware. Yeah. That's yeah. the biggest thing, you know? Yeah. Well, call your neighbor. Talk to your buddy. Call me. Call J- Call Ken. Call John. Yeah, sure. Yeah, just don't take the first estimate that comes along and don't give money up front. Your rule of thumb is on a big job is 10% up front is a ish. Yeah, it's pretty close. It depends, again, on each job. But you, yeah. know, you don't want to give them 50%. Yeah, you don't want to give them sixty percent, and that's where people get in trouble. Oh yeah, yeah, and you have these horror stories like Diana, which is kind of sad. Especially, I think there's it's doubly sleazy to find a like she's a widow lady, a, a lady by herself, and do this. It, it's just so sleazy. Well, the the guy 
to follow you to your bank. That's just wrong. Oh, I know. I mean, that's just wrong. I said 400, but it's really 700. He might as well pull a gun out. <laughs> the way the conversation is, it's not like she's very scared. There would have never been that happening. Never should have. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, Diana, I hope you're listening, and you'll call John, uh, 499-1085, one day limited. Uh, John's a consultant slash contractor, can get things coordinated for you. Big job, little job, doesn't matter. You, you'll, you'll, uh, yeah, what I can't do, we can find somebody that can. Yeah. Yeah, I know a friend of mine. You built a huge deck for a friend of mine, uh, one of my buddies. That uh, they're really happy with it. So that's yeah. So that was a big, extensive thing, wasn't it? Yeah. And I'm working on your neighbor's house right now. Oh, that's right. You are. <laughs> yeah. John Day, thank you for coming. We'll do this again sometime. Uh, really, it was a good, a good, uh, a good chunk of time here. What do you? Three segments, I guess. Chris, it was. I learned stuff, and you did too, didn't you? All right. Thank John, you. Appreciate that. Th- thank you, John. Take care of yourself. We'll, we'll, we'll see you around the campus, as they say, one of these days. Around the house, buddy. Around the house. Thank you. Oh, I like that guy. 719-473-1240. And uh, we will uh, be back uh, with uh, your phone calls right after these messages right here on Around the House. Stick around. a message for dutch's home improvement jim left a google review just had our windows installed everything about them is professional came when expected great installation cleaned up afterwards chris was wonderful uh we got uh, we just got them but they are very very happy so far uh talking about his windows um uh, could not recommend dutch's uh, more than i than i am jim thank you for that review and you'll send me a great uh, jim liked his windows and he liked the folks that installed them and you will too when you call Dutch's Home Improvement, 719-392-1369. If you have ugly old wood, steel, or aluminum windows from years gone by, man, you need you need to start saving energy winter and summer with new windows. They have all price ranges, Merrimax, Anlin, and whatever windows you want for your particular situation and budget. Dutch's Home Improvement. They also do siding, patio covers, exterior doors. They do it all. 719 719- 392-1369-719-392-1369 for Duchess. Got a fix-it problem at your house? Ken Moon is here to help. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. Nine minutes before the hour. John Day is gone, but he was a good good guest, right, Chrissy? A lot of good information, and I uh, hope we helped some people. Oh, yeah, that's definitely the more important thing to make sure you get the, your extra uh, references for yeah. different contractors and stuff like that and different estimates. And Personal like referrals, yeah, yeah. And estimates, yeah. Here's uh, uh, Michael Barone, who you'll, you see him a lot on TV and stuff. He's a well-thought-of uh, consultant when it comes to elections and, and, uh, uh, and, and voting patterns and that kind of thing. He wrote a piece. Uh, this is amazing. If, you're, if you've noticed the hypocrisy of of people that fly to these conferences over in Europe in their personal uh, jets, Lear jets and so on, and then tell the rest of us uh, that we shouldn't be driving our SUVs. Here's an interesting article. It's called America's Dysfunctional Overclass. And I think this is this capsulizes a lot of the stuff we've talked about here on the show about uh, uh, what we should and shouldn't do when it comes to appliances and cars and all that. So Michael says, what does America's overclass think of the rest of us? The short answer is not much. They think ordinary people splurging on natural resources is destroying the planet 
and needs to be cut back forcefully and that the government needs to stamp down on ordinary people enjoying luxuries that, in their view, should be reserved for the top elites. These are the implications of the results of two surveys of elite people conducted by Rasmussen, Scott Rasmussen, by the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, an organization that supports low taxes and low government spending. The surveys covered not large swaths of the population, but were confined to the top 1% of society. One survey, the elite, included only respondents with postgrad degrees, household incomes above 150000 and residents in a zip code with more than 10,000 people per square mile. In other words, urban people. Another, Ivy League graduates, included adults who attended Ivy League or other selective private colleges such as Chicago, Duke, Northwestern, or Stanford. What is surprising in these two surveys is the extent to which this American overclass would deprive its fellow citizens, you and me, of things they take for granted. Half of these groups... 47% of the elites, 55% of the Ivy Leaguers say the U.S. provides people with too much individual freedom. More than three quarters, listen to this, favor to fight climate change, the strict rationing of energy, gas, and meat, a a proposition rejected by 63% of regular folks. Again, to fight climate change between half and two-thirds favors bans on gas stoves, gas-powered cars, SUVs, private air conditioning, and non-essential air travel, except for them when they want to go to conferences overseas in their private jets. So that's what the elites think of you and me when it comes to energy, that we're the culprits, we're the bad guys, so to speak, when, when it comes to exacerbating climate change. Give me a break. Just roll your eyes. You know, I roll my eyes so much they're going to get stuck <laughs> rolling them. Oh, you know, but anybody that's surprised by that, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just not. So 719-473-1240. Let's see here. This is from uh, uh, Debbie. Debbie says, my mom lives in an older ranch-style home. She reports there is some sort of vibration that happens at odd times, especially at night. Any ideas? Well, this is interesting because I got a phone call from a, a lady uh, in, that lives in the northwest part of town this very week. She got my number somehow and called me direct, and we had a nice, uh, a nice chat. She hears some kind of vibration, especially at night. Now, the reason people usually say especially at night, that's the time of day when you're quiet. You're not talking. You're not listening to TV. You're not. There's not hustle and bustle around, so you're more sensitive to noises. But anyway, she had some vibration. We talked. Uh, almost you know 15 minutes about it i made some suggestions uh she's in a part of town where there are bears around maybe thumping around on the deck or something like that anyway she was gonna uh, try to record it and play the recording for me and and this debbie your mother says she's hearing a vibration at odd times uh there can be lots of things if she has a sump pump they can usually make a, a sound uh, a vibrating or a chattering kind of motor type sound because the, the pipe is attached to the wood underpinnings of the house. She has a water softener. They recharge themselves in the middle of the night. They can make a vibration and thunking sounds in the in the plumbing system. Uh, other candidates include um, a toilet valve, flapper valve, and, and fill valve leaking and filling, leaking and filling. Heating system duct work is a big one. 
because those ducks creak and groan and thump and make all kinds of noises, especially in the middle of the night. The refrigerator compressor, as it shuts off, it makes a vibrating sound. So those are all candidates, and they're probably, I'm forgetting some, but you, Debbie, you may have to spend a night at your mom's house to get to the bottom of the mysterious noise. But most of these noises, there's a Shakespeare quote about this, and I'm things that go thump in the night, which in the daytime wouldn't bother you, and I'm paraphrasing, but Shakespeare talked about this, that things that are uh, scary at night are not in the daytime. So... Again, we hear more. We're more aware of this, and more sensitive to it, to us at nighttime. So that's kind of what's going on. So I hope you get your mom squared away on that. Olivia says we're adding heat cables in the north side gutters. Per your advice, do you think the outside outlet is a GFI type? It's an O2 house. I'm sure it is since uh, the last oh, tw- um, I don't know, thirty years, twenty five, thirty years. Uh, outdoor outlets, garage outlets, sinks, all those have to be GFI protected. I'm sure they are, um, and, but you can double check this yourself. Get a little tester, and the the testers come, the little polarity checker with a push button on top that's a GFI tester. But I'm sure that's that's the case. Uh, any you know pl- Christmas lights, all of those things that you plug in outdoors are usually in the houses built uh, in the last 40 years or so are GFCI protected so i don't wouldn't worry about that thank you for that email well chris moore thanks for your help and it was a good show today yes it was it was a good one and thanks john day for uh coming down to the studio to talk to us about not getting ripped off if you have some more comments aroundthehouse.com during the week email me otherwise we'll see you next time same time same station god bless have a wonderful week and we'll see you later on around the house